Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Please go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 19 through 24. I'm going to speak to you about the title of the message is My Worship or true worshipers as we've been on the subject of praise and worship this month I, want, I, I love teaching and speaking into it a lot of pastors just leave it up to the worship leaders but you've got to bring as a pastor you've got to bring the word you've got to bring the word to people people need to know the, what the word says respond to the word so John chapter 4 there's a story of a woman at the well and it's very interesting that this woman at the well was a Samaritan woman and Jesus begins to speak with this woman and the woman is shocked that a, a Jew is speaking to a Samaritan woman. Not just a Samaritan, a woman. And, and Jesus says something very interesting. You know, of course, in the conversation, you've had five husbands and the one you are with now is not your husband, so you're on six. You're on number six, but you're still empty. You keep drinking from the wrong well. And then here's number seven. The seventh man, Jesus, standing there. He says, if you only knew who I am, you would ask me for living water and I'll give it to you. And whoever drinks of the living water that I will give them will never thirst again. And that's a whole message for, by itself. But six is the number of men. Seven is the number of God and Jesus. Number seven, the final one, that if she would just have a relationship with, that she would be fulfilled. But look at verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet after all of this. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. Under the old covenant, that was the case. That's where the presence of God was, in the temple. Hidden away in a place called the Holy of Holies. No man could enter in. If you, if you tried, you'd die. <laughs> the only one allowed to enter in was the high priest once a year on the Day of Atonement. And he had to bring special blood from a special offering and sprinkle it seven times over the, what would have been the judgment seat, the top of the Ark of the Covenant, and it would turn it into a mercy seat. And God would continue to have mercy on his people. So they lived under mercy. You have to understand the old covenant was a covenant of mercy. Which means God holding back judgment. That's what mercy is. Mercy triumphs over judgment. God would hold back judgment. But it was not a covenant of grace like we have today. You have to understand we have a higher covenant. We've moved from mercy to grace. See, God's not just holding back judgment. That's already been dealt with on the cross. He's also pouring out grace. He's giving us what we don't deserve. He's gifting us. We are under grace. So under mercy, they had no choice but to go to Jerusalem, offer sacrifices, sin offerings, trespass offerings. And Jesus became all those offerings. That's why we don't offer those offerings anymore. There are no offerings of animal sacrifices anymore. 
Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He became the ultimate sacrifice. Amen. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. The hour is coming. You worship what you don't know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, of course. The covenant came through, the lineage of Christ, all the prophets, all the prophets of old and all the promises, 322 prophecies about Christ. Close to 300 have been fulfilled already and some will be fulfilled at a second coming and in the millennial kingdom in the last days. But, but the hour is coming and now is, or it's even here now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, am he so if anybody ever tells you that jesus never claimed to be god or christ or messiah there it is right there now this is very interesting because jesus used a word this is the first time this word appears in the greek and it's very important for you to understand anytime a word appears the first time it's very significant because we don't have this word any other place he said worshipers he said true worshipers and he's talking about people who worship in spirit and in truth. He's talking about people. He's not talking about a building. He's not talking about a ritual. He's not talking about a ceremonial type of worship. He's talking about people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And he, and he used, he didn't say God, he said the Father. Because He's talking because he's referring to something very important about worship because it's about a relationship with the Father. And the Bible tells us, if you think about this in, in, in Romans chapter 8, that we have been given not the spirit of fear or spirit of bondage, but we've been given what? The spirit of sonship by which we cry out, Abba, Father. So it's a cry of a heart. That's not cry like crying in tears. It's just cry of a heart. Abba Father, Daddy God. It, Abba is a term of, term of endearment. To call him Daddy or Abba. Father, my Father, my worship. Because it's all about a relationship. So this word worshiper means one who adores or worships. So it's really about adoration. It's about adoration because that's at the root of worship. Because if you take adoration and that passion, that cry out of worship, it becomes a ritual. It becomes a dead ritual. But when there is that passion, when there's that connection, when, when, when there is that endearment, Abba, Abba Father, the spirit of sonship, there's that relationship. Now it's personal. 
It's personal. It's not a ritual. It's a personal thing. That's why Jesus is saying the hour is coming. It's even here now. It's not the mountain. It's not the building. It's you. Wherever you are, you will have a connection with God the Father. Having received the son, spirit of sonship, you will have a relationship with Him. And you can now go into that secret place where His presence under the old covenant in the temple was basically locked away or shut up in that holy of holies. God personally, it, it wasn't, listen, He was not man's prisoner. Man didn't lock him up, hide him in there. God hid himself. Do you understand me? God actually hid himself from sinful man because knowing that sinful man coming into the presence of a holy God would die. That's why when Adam and Eve sinned, he had to drive them out of the garden. He put those cherubim and the two flaming swords to guard the way. Not, listen, not to protect the man from his presence but to protect his presence from man because his presence is precious it's holy it's pure you just can't come touch his presence you can't listen he who shall ascend to his holy hill or high mountain again see there's that word mountain who shall go up to the high mountain he who what clean hands and a pure heart And there was a man that touched the Ark of the Covenant and he died because he didn't have clean hands. But that was under the old covenant, mercy. Now we're under the new covenant where we're no longer looking for a mountain. We're no longer looking for a temple because we are the temples. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You are the mountain of God. You've been seated together with Him in heavenly places. You are the mountain of God. That same mountaintop that Moses went to, we are there. That's our position in Christ, seated in heavenly places. Remember Lucifer wanted to sit at, on top of the mountain of God. That's a, that's, a, that's a type of authority. Mountain of God, the top of the mountain is the place of highest Authority. That's why Lucifer wanted to, I want to sit on the mountain of God. I want to take his place. I will ascend. I will put myself at the top. And God said, no, you won't. But guess what? Oh, man, this, this is the place that, oh, the place that Lucifer desired to be at. God placed us there through the blood of Jesus Christ. The very place that Lucifer wanted to take, usurped that authority by the blood of Jesus through God's grace has been granted to us. Do you, do you see that? We have been seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. There is no higher place. That's the top of the mountain of God. Through pride, Lucifer said, I will go there. God said, no. Pride comes before the fall, and I saw Satan fall as lightning. But when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, the Bible says he will lift you up. He gives what? Grace to the humble. And when you humble, when you're a humble, and a part, worship is a part of that humility, that adoration, that surrender, 
when you come to worship and surrender and give everything to the Lord and, and your life is just, you bear everything open. I mean, he knows the deepest areas of your heart, that place of intimacy, you let him in. See, a lot of people are too guarded. They don't let people in, right? In their relationships, they don't open up. They don't let people in. You've got to let, you've got to open up all the way. You've got to let God in to the Holy of Holies. His presence has to come and that's worship. When his presence comes to that deep place where the, where the deep cries out to deep and you cry out from that, the depths of your soul, your spirit, your heart, Abba Father and worship and adoration. Hmm. That's true humility. That's why prideful people don't worship. Prideful people don't worship. They just stand there like this. But humble people will snot, saliva, carpet burn on their face. They couldn't care less what anybody thinks. That's humility. That's true humility. And you got to get undignified to go to that place. The lower you go, the higher you will go. The higher you try to make yourself, the lower you will go. So think about this. That, that place that Lucifer desired to be at has been given to us by grace but how do we receive it through repentance humbling ourselves receiving God's forgiveness and grace and recognizing that we can't save ourselves we need his grace we need him to do it and all we do is we just surrender that's really all it is we just surrender we can't earn it it's not through works there's nothing we can do to earn it when you come to the place of realizing that there's nothing you can do to earn it your works, good works are filthy rags. Then you realize, God, I'm just, I just come to you and I humble myself to receive all that you have for me. I open my heart. Would you just please come into the secret place of my heart? That's, that's what true worship comes from. True worship comes from here. That intimacy. That spirit of sonship that's in you and by which you cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit of God living in you, where you become the temple. Where your heart becomes the holy of holies where the glory of god will come and dwell because jesus shed his blood seven times for you to be able to receive that so listen to me christian if you i'm gonna say this if you come and you just stand there like a statue or a stone you need to let go of all the pride let go whatever it is that that's holding you back maybe your, your mind's all over the place you're thinking on the project you got to do this week or you're thinking about the stuff that happened last week but whatever it is you got to do you've got to let all that go you got to become a true worshiper because the only way you can become a true worshiper is in spirit and in truth you can't worship God with your intellect that's not spirit that's your soul that's your mind you've got to worship God in your spirit so I'm gonna encourage you because I tell you right now, I mean, just by personality, I'm the opposite of what I've become. But I mean, I, I don't really care what anybody thinks about me. I'll get on my face, snot, saliva, shape, shaking, weeping. I couldn't even care less. But it's not some ritualistic thing I do. It's an overflow of what he's done in my life. That's where the truth comes in. You have to remember the truth of what he's done in your life. Because what happens, the enemy will try to get you to believe the lies and just focus on circumstances and then get you to take your 
mind and eyes off of the Lord, you got to put your eyes back on Him. That's what the truth of God's Word does. The truth always directs you right toward what, who God is and what He's done in your life and what He's made available. And when you are in revelation of it, it's like, oh, how can I not worship Him? How can I not honor Him and adore Him? So the, listen, the Father loves us and adores us. And He's looking for those who will worship and adore Him back in return. Amen. Married couples will recognize and realize how important it is to have that intimacy with, if, if only one is doing it and the other one's not responding, it, it breaks down. It has to be mutual. And the same thing, listen, the Father's adoration of us is unlimited and unquestionable. So we have to be the ones to come and adore Him back. Secondly, under the Old Testament, people could not have a personal relationship with God. But under the New Testament, Jesus made a new and a living way. We have received the spirit of sonship by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, term of endearment. You know, I, I don't go to my father and go, Father. I don't go to my mother and go, Mother. I call my dad, Baba Jim. That's in Turkish, Daddy. Call her in Turkish, Anne Jim. That's Mommy. It's not, Hello, Mother. Like what? Hello, Mother. You know. <laughs> Hello, Father. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's odd, it's weird. I love, they love me, I love them. That's the relationship we have, we have. But I understand for many, if they haven't had that parent, but you know what, you can break through. You can really have that intimacy with your heavenly father and that will change your life. Because if you had a father that was maybe cold or very formal and didn't, wasn't, you know, close like that, but you know what, you need to come and be close with your heavenly father because something's gonna happen. Your heart will melt, it'll change you and you will receive his love it's in that place of worship that's where you change and you receive his love the third thing we need to understand we don't need a special place to worship God we are now the temples of the Holy Spirit he is in us we can worship wherever we are because he is with us Emmanuel God is with us and the fourth thing we need to know is worship is not dependent on a physical place, but an attitude of the heart. That's it. It's a, not a physical place, it's an attitude of the heart. It's an attitude of the heart. And my prayer is that every single person in this church comes to that place of intimacy with the Lord as a true worshiper. To worship Him in spirit and in truth. That means you're going to have to get out of your head you're gonna have to stop thinking about all these other things you're dealing with and you need to come and just abandon everything leave it all behind leave it all just cast all your cares on the Lord because someone that's all full of care can't worship and the Bible says take no thought care for nothing be you know because it's the cares of the world. Listen, what did Jesus say? What chokes the word? The cares of the world. 
Some are like the seed that goes into among thorns. It's choked up by what? The cares of the world. You got to let go of all the cares of the world. Come on, try this right now. Just close your eyes. And whatever cares you have, it might be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I don't know how many, but you just need to close your eyes. And I want you to just take your hands like this and just, I'm casting all my cares on the Lord. I'm just casting all my cares on the Lord, for He cares for me. I cast all my cares on the Lord. You have to. And then now you're free of every care. You can go to His presence, spend time with Him in that place of intimacy, place of adoration, love on Him, and He loves back on you. And that's worship. That's worship. And I'll tell you why praise is important. Because praise is really also where you get rid of all the cares, right? Casting off that spirit of heaviness, putting on a garment of praise. So listen to me. Some of y'all skip praise and you get here for worship. That's not, that doesn't work. You can't skip praise and go straight to worship. I'll catch the last song so I hear the message. You're missing the point. You've got to come in here and praise because praise opens everything up. Praise gets you to break through and just celebrate. And, and then now, and praise brings his presence because God dwells among the praises of his people. So his presence comes. And then when his presence is there, worship becomes a response because his presence comes and he starts loving on you. And you're like, oh, you're overwhelmed by his love and you just respond. I love you back. You can't skip praise and go to worship. Praise opens things up. Praise is celebrating who God is, what He has promised and what He's done. And when you begin to do that, then all the cares are gone. You shake off that spirit of heaviness, you put on a garment of praise. That's why when you come with the spirit of heaviness, you can't worship. I see people struggling to enter in because they haven't praised. You're going to have to get really undignified. You're going to have to take off your garments. Amen. And like David did. And just, you know. Oh, did he really do that? Pastor took off his shirt. I'll do even though David took off his garments and he started to dance. And his wife was embarrassed. Why was she embarrassed? For him or herself? What was the problem? He wasn't embarrassed, so why was she embarrassed? Think about that. What was her deal? He's the one getting all undignified, taking off his kingly garments, looking like a fool. Why are you embarrassed? And then she says, oh, look at the king of Israel, how he made himself look like a common man. See, that's pride. I am, we are all common men. But David realized, I am a common man. I was the forgotten boy taking care of the sheep. Nobody even remembered me. The prophet was asking, don't you have another son? They're like, what are you talking about? You talking about that little boy? Little David? 
he's out there with the, he's that weird dude with the, he plays the harp and sings songs. They didn't realize that while he was singing songs, anointing was coming on him and he was taking out the lion, he was taking out the bear, and that same boy's about to take out Goliath. And he went to the river, got himself a smooth river stone, river rock, because those stones had been rolling in the river, you know, rolling, rolling, rolling in the river. So they, they were all smooth, all the rough edges, and they were smooth. And those stones, those smooth stones, flew through the air and bam, right on target. Hit Goliath right in the middle of his forehead and took him out. So the more you roll in the river, the smoother you're going to get and the faster you can move through the air and take out Goliath. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.